Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, March 16th, and you're tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, and if you are a regular listener to this weekly live program, we welcome you back. Glad that you could join us. If you're a first-time listener, the Parents of Prodigals podcast, we welcome you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. This is a live, a live weekly program that's dedicated, committed, and yes, consecrated to the ministry of prayer, supplication, and petition, and intercession on behalf of those of us who have unsaved or backslidden sons and daughters. Every week at the same time, from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., although we can go past 8 p.m. if the Lord wills it, and we are interceding and people call in, but every every week at the same time, from 7 to 8, we take this time for mutual encouragement and edification. We lift up the sons and daughters. Some of them are teenagers maybe living at home and have no interest in the things of God anymore. Maybe you're the parent or guardian of a teen who used to come to church and maybe they were active in the church activities or youth program. And then somewhere along the line, they lost interest in the things of God. Maybe peer pressure, friends, or other things have distracted them. The enemy will lure our young people away from the things of God. And they no longer have an interest in coming to church, family devotions, listening to Christian music or prayer. They'd rather go out and when you approach them with the things of God, they turn a deaf ear and refuse to listen. Maybe some of them have become hostile to the church for a variety of reasons. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you may be the parent of an adult son or daughter living outside the home. And the word of God says that the cares of this life, the anxieties and pressures of daily living can choke out the word of God and quench the spirit. And many times our adult prodigal sons and daughters become preoccupied with career and vocation the pursuit of money, and better lifestyles. And when they become so preoccupied with these things that the Lord and the things of God, the things of eternity, take a back seat. And there is where the issue lies. I've often said in many of my podcasts, and I will say it again, it bears repeating, I do not believe we are living in the last days. I believe we are living in the last moments, the very last seconds. And the next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture of the church. The snatching up, the taking up of born-again believers, those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and are born again, confessing our sins, admitting our need for a Savior, and surrendering our lives fully to Christ, not playing church, not reading the Bible, but surrendering our lives to Christ. The Word of God says that the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The rapture is the snatching up of believers from this world. And when this happens, it's going to be followed by a seven-year period of time here on earth known as the Great Tribulation, when God's judgments will be poured out on a rebellious and unrepentant world. Why do I say all this? Very simply, we do not want our unsaved sons and daughters to be left behind to face this horrible time. The Bible says that the thief, namely Satan, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the enemy would love nothing more than to see your prodigal son and daughter enter a Christless eternity and end up in hell. 
But this ministry is dedicated to stopping that. And what we invite you to do is to be an active participant in this podcast. This is a live program. We invite you to call in your prayer requests for your prodigal sons and daughters, and we will lift them before the throne of grace, petitioning the Lord's intervention in their lives for their deliverance and salvation, and rebuking the powers of darkness, the forces of evil, that are holding the prodigals in bondage to a variety of things, alternative lifestyles, the occult, drugs, alcoholism, sex, illicit lifestyles, the pursuit of finances, anger, bitterness, depression, whatever it may be. The enemy has our prodigals in bondage, and we are here, joined together to pray for their deliverance and freedom from bondage and for their salvation. We would love for you to participate. Maybe you want to call in with a testimony on what the Lord has done for you, or maybe you want to share a scripture, something you have to say and share will edify someone who's listening. And so we encourage you to participate. Follow the prompts. If you want to call in a prayer request and you want it to be anonymous, just type it in. We'll see it on our screen. We will respect your privacy, and we will make it an unspoken request. We don't know the details, but the Lord knows all things. We want to welcome our listeners. We have listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Texas, Tennessee, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, and most recently, the great state of Georgia. We have listeners in Georgia. We also welcome listeners in the United Kingdom and Australia. And most recently, we have listeners in France. We welcome all of you. Some of you are listening to this podcast live, despite the fact that there is a time difference. Maybe you're three hours behind and you're tuning in. But if you're not tuning in live, maybe you'll be listening to this podcast when you download it. The Holy Spirit can move through a download or through a live podcast. It makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. God will move whether you're listening live or through a podcast. And that being said, we welcome all of you who have tuned in to this weekly ministerial podcast, a Parents of Prodigals program. We're going to be getting into our devotion in a moment. And this particular devotional is a devotional I shared about approximately a year ago when this ministry first began. There is a reason why I'm, for lack of a better term, rehashing and going over this devotional again, and it's because there is a testimony I will be sharing following the halfway mark of this podcast. The Lord has moved in the lives of my children, and so I'm going to share a testimony after we come back from our musical interlude at the halfway mark, but the testimony that I want to share has prompted me to share again, to repeat this devotional which I broadcasted to you approximately a year ago. And the title of this devotional is Trusting God's Sovereignty for Our Prodigal's Salvation. Trusting God's Sovereignty for Our Prodigal's Salvation. Our scripture text is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. Isaiah, chapter 55, Verses 6 through 9. And so before we do this, I want to lead us in a short word of prayer. Please join me. Father, I thank you for this brief time in eternity, Lord God, when we can come together and share your word, your holy word, Heavenly Father. Let this be a time of ironing, sharpening iron, mutual encouragement and edification, Heavenly Father. Let the words that I speak have your anointing. 
let what I have to say be a blessing to those who are listening. Let your hand be on this podcast, my God, so that those who are listening are blessed, strengthened, and encouraged. We ask these things in Jesus' name. We pray for deliverance and salvation. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. After the halfway mark of our podcast, there will be a period of time when we will be lifting up before the throne of grace several names that we pray for. We lift up in prayer every week, consistently and regularly. But please don't hesitate if you want prayer for your prodigal, the salvation of your son and daughter. Please don't hesitate to call in. Maybe you want to call in live or maybe you want to type it in, but we will honor your prayer request and pray for your unsaved or backslidden son and daughter. Again, the title is Trusting God's Sovereignty for Our Prodigal's Salvation. You know, the book of Isaiah highlights God's sovereignty in his judgment, compassion, and salvation. God's heart for his people and all humanity so that they don't perish without hope is evident in his promise to restore the exiles, those who have wandered off and those astray continually, no matter how far they may have fallen away, and it appears that they are beyond saving and restoring. Many times we may become discouraged because although we may be praying, fasting, and looking for our prodigal salvation, we may have other people touching and agreeing with us as well, the answer has not come yet. Well, our text reminds us that God is fully in control of all things. And if we can just bring ourselves to trust him in four key areas, we can have our strength renewed. Let's read our scripture text together. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. I'll be reading from, I believe it is, the New King James Version. And then I'm going to jump to the King James Version itself. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. To our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And the King James phrases it this way, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. I read from the King James, because that word ye, is mentioned twice, seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Most versions leave out the personal pronoun of you, or maybe they put the word you in there. But the King James uses a unique word, the word ye. In Old English, in the, in the Hebrew, as well as the Greek, ye is plural. And that tells us that when the Lord is speaking to his people in this passage of Scripture, he is using the plural. He is asking all who are without the Lord to seek the Lord. Seek ye the Lord. That's plural. He's addressing a multitude of people. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him. The invitation is to the entire world to seek the Lord. All who are without Christ should seek his salvation. Now, we mentioned that trusting in God's sovereignty in four key areas is essential. But first, what do we mean by God's sovereignty? Well, the word sovereign or sovereignty 
is the Hebrew word mamlecha. Mamlecha. It literally means kingdom and royal power that someone has that is complete and absolute. And when applied to God, it means that there is absolutely nothing that happens in the universe that is outside of God's influence and authority. God has no, absolutely no limitations. God is above all things and before all things. Number one, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is immortal and he is present everywhere. Revelation chapter 21 verse 6. By sovereignty, we also mean that God created all things and holds all things together, both in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. When we mention God's sovereignty, we're also saying that God knows all things, past, present, and future. There is no limit to his knowledge, for God knows everything completely. Romans chapter 11. Verse 33, God's sovereignty, God's sovereignty also says that God can do all things and accomplish all things. Nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing is impossible with him. The things that we believed or we still believe are impossible are completely, totally, absolutely possible with God. The only limitation is our faith in him. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. God's sovereignty also speaks that God is in control of all things and rules over all things. He has absolute power and authority over nature, rivers, history, angels, demons. Psalm 103, verse 19. And that's what sovereign means. God is the ultimate source of all power and authority. And God has all power and authority. And it's in this absolute sovereignty in four key areas that we can trust God for our prodigal's salvation. The first key area is the sovereignty of his concern. The sovereignty of God's concern for our prodigals. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, God isn't willing that anyone should perish but that all should come to repentance. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23 says, Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord? Rather, I am not pleased when they turn from their ways and live. Or rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? God is pleased when the unsaved decide to turn from their wicked ways the Word of God says that there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents in the presence of the angels. So God's sovereignty over his concern. He is completely sovereign in his love for the prodigal. Number two, the sovereignty of his method. The sovereignty of his method. God knows what needs to be done to save your prodigal or my prodigal. I mentioned this before in several podcasts that in the New Testament, when Jesus called the apostles or the disciples and they were fishermen, the Word of God says that they left their nets immediately and followed him. Matthew, the tax collector, left his tax collecting booth and followed Jesus when Jesus called him. But Paul, the persecutor, the hater of believers, was struck down on the way to Damascus. He was on his way, in fact, to persecute more believers when the Spirit of God not only struck him down, but struck him blind. Paul's heart was so hardened, so bitter, so hateful, that this is what it took for him to come to the foot of the cross, the point of salvation. And sometimes we have to trust in the sovereignty of his method. We trust in the sovereignty of his love for our prodigals, but now we have to trust in the sovereignty of his method. God knows what it's going to take to save your prodigal son and daughter. Maybe it'll take something to happen to them, God forbid. Maybe what will be necessary 
will be a traumatic event or a trial or a difficult situation. It's a scary thing to tell the Lord, God, do what it takes to save my unsaved son and daughter. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they were just to fall on their knees and receive Christ and enter the ministry? But sometimes that is not the case. Sometimes they may be bitter or angry or hateful to the gospel or ridicule the things of God. And the Spirit of God has to strike them down, maybe with illness, maybe through, again, a traumatic event. Again, Paul was knocked off his horse and blinded. That may be what it takes for your prodigal, our prodigals, to get saved. We have to trust in the sovereignty of his method. God's intention is not to hurt your prodigal. We already trust in the sovereignty of his love. Now we need to trust in the sovereignty of his method. His intention is to bring your prodigal to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and secure their place in eternity, to have their name written in the book of life. So let's trust in the sovereignty of his love and the sovereignty of whatever method he chooses to save them. The third area is the sovereignty of his power. The sovereignty, <coughs> excuse me, of his power. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 13 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy. No secret as to who's speaking in this passage of Scripture. It is the Apostle Paul writing to young Timothy, to testify about the sovereignty of God's power, you and I may believe that our prodigal is way beyond salvation. They're a tough nut to crack. Even the enemy may whisper in your ears and tell you, God can't save your son and daughter. Maybe somebody else's whose heart is more softer. But your prodigal is beyond salvation. They're too angry, too bitter, too far away. Give up on them. Pray for somebody else. That is an absolute deception and a lie from the enemy. And I'll be testifying to that later on. The sovereignty of God's power. Nothing is too difficult for God. No matter what your prodigal is involved in, no matter what their frame of mind is, no matter what their situation may be, no matter what they're in bondage to, the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, are weapons that are mighty to the pulling down of satanic strongholds. The strongholds that bind your prodigal son and daughter can be pulled down if we just trust in the Lord's concern and the Lord's method. We need to trust in the sovereignty of his power. Remember, nothing is too difficult for our God. He can save from the guttermost to the uttermost. And the fourth area that we need to trust God's sovereignty in is the sovereignty of his delay. The sovereignty of his delay. This may be the most difficult of all because God's method is his method and God's timing is his timing. The salvation of your prodigal may come tomorrow or next week or it may come years from now. God has an appointed time. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. I will not delay. The theme of the book of Habakkuk is about absolute trust in God in the face of delay for deliverance. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Hebrew picture here is someone traveling in desert areas on foot. And despite scorching heat or despair or weakness, they continue on their journey. 
because they receive renewed strength despite the circumstances of what's going on around them, despite the heat. They continue because the Lord gives them refreshment. We can trust the Lord's strength in our areas of weakness. Hope in God's faithfulness renews strength. Like the birds flying overhead. In fact, the Hebrew word for weight is the Hebrew word quava. Quava. It means to actively expect with certainty of an outcome. You know, in the scriptures we read the incident when Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. Now think about that for a moment. Lazarus was already dead. In fact, the Hebrews believed that when a person died, their spirit would hover over the grave site for a period of three days. If there was any hope of the spirit re-entering that person's body, it would have to be within that three-day period. Once that three-day period was over, the spirit would depart from the burial site. And there was no hope, no chance of any resurrection. Jesus did not arrive in that three-day period. If he had arrived within that three-day period and Lazarus had come to life, they would have thought it was the spirit just re-entering the grave. Jesus purposely delayed arriving at Lazarus' burial site, not on the first day, not on the second day or the third day. Remember, they believe that the person's spirit would hover over the grave site for three days. On the fourth day, the spirit would leave the burial site, and there was no hope of resurrection. And that's exactly when Jesus showed up, on day four. When there was no hope of any resurrection, Jesus showed up and Lazarus was raised from the dead. Our Lord specializes in resurrecting situations that are beyond hope. The same way he resurrected Lazarus on day four, past the point of any hope. I can just imagine Mary and Martha when Jesus arrived. They were crying, not just because Lazarus was dead, that was bad enough, but he arrived on the fourth day. This was something that all Hebrews were aware of. So when Jesus arrived on day four, he arrived at the point where there was no hope of resurrection. And Mary and Martha knew this, and so did everyone who was there. But again, Jesus specializes in resurrecting situations that are beyond the third day beyond hope. Brother and sister who have a prodigal, son or daughter, regardless of what they're involved in, regardless of where they are, what they're doing, nothing is beyond the love of God. Nothing is beyond his method. He has the right method. He loves your prodigal. Trust in his love for your prodigal. Trust in his method. He knows what it takes to bring them. Trust in him completely. Trust most of all in his delay. He has perfect timing. He knows what he is doing. If the answer seems long in coming, it will come. Don't despair. Again, it may be the fourth day, but Jesus specializes in resurrecting your hopeless situation for your prodigal, or what seems hopeless. It doesn't matter what they're in bondage to. They can be freed from whatever they're being held by. And later on in our podcast, we are going to lift up prodigals in prayer, binding the strong man. Our weapons, again, are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. What's the stronghold that's binding your prodigal son and daughter? No matter what it is, the power of prayer Claiming the blood of Christ over them can free them. Trust and believe. All things are possible if you will only believe. The fourth day may be here, but Jesus is at the burial site, and he will resurrect and save and deliver and fill your prodigal with the Holy Spirit. Nothing is impossible if you believe.
join me in a short word of closing prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you have allowed me to share these insights with those who are listening, Lord God. Help us to trust in your sovereignty, Lord. It's not an easy thing to commit a situation that's difficult, that's worrying us, that's giving us anxiety in your hands. We trust in the sovereignty of your love for our prodigals. We trust in the sovereignty of your method. You know what it takes. You're not out to hurt our prodigals, but you know what it will take to bring them to the foot of the cross. We trust in you completely in your power. Nothing is beyond your ability, Lord God. Again, the fourth day is here, but your power is mighty. No matter what our prodigals are in bondage to, you can free them and deliver them and save them. And help us trust in the sovereignty of the delay. Your timing is perfect, Lord. It may not happen when we want it to happen, but it will happen at the appointed time, the best time, the blessed time, Lord God. We trust in your sovereignty. Calm our anxieties and our fears and help us to trust you completely. You're in full control. In Jesus' name, I pray. We pray. Amen. We've reached the halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and we're going to break into a musical interlude. And following this musical interlude, I have a testimony that I'd like to share. The Lord is moving. That's the reason why I wanted to reshare this devotional, Trusting God's Sovereignty for Our Prodigal Salvation. I will be sharing a wonderful testimony that I'm sure will bless you and provide you with hope. All things are possible. And so we're going to break into a musical interlude, and then we will come back with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Stay tuned.
All right, I hope you enjoyed that musical interlude. We're back with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm glad you're with us. Again, this is a live program, and we invite your participation, not just to listen, but to call in, if you so choose to, with a testimony, a scripture reading, a word of encouragement, or most of all, a prayer request for your unsaved or backslidden son or daughter. You know, many of us have prodigals who are still living at home with us, and we see how they're living and how they're behaving, and it causes us anxiety. We, and we maintain our testimony before them, being salt and light, witnessing to them and just trying to show them the love of God. Some of us have prodigals that are incarcerated behind bars, and we worry about them in those dangerous environments, and many prisons have ministries in them. And so we pray that the Lord use these prison ministries to reach our prodigals who may be in jail or prison. The worst bars are the bars of the soul. And we pray that your prodigal, if they are incarcerated, that a prison ministry reach out to them and they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Some of our prodigals, their whereabouts are unknown. We have no idea where they are. We don't know what they're doing or who they're with. And again, like the story in the prodigal son, the son left. The father did not know where he was. No emails, no instant messaging. No text messages. No way of knowing whether his son was alive or dead. Ill. Lying in the gutter. But I'm sure the father was praying and trusting God for the return of his prodigal. God heard his prayer and his prodigal was on the road and returned home. I mention all this because, again, it segues directly into the topic that we were doing our devotional on, trusting God's sovereignty for our prodigal salvation. And I have been trusting God's sovereignty for the prodigals in my life, my son and daughter. And God has heard my prayer. Several days ago, my 33-year-old son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He experienced several traumatic events in his life. And he was living in the city of Newburgh, New York. And there were several things that occurred in his life. And he ended up in my driveway. And I spent some time sitting with him in his vehicle. And as he was sharing with me the burdens of his heart and the things that were happening to him. I spoke to him about the love of Christ. My son was an avid Bible reader. He read his Bible, he prayed, believed in God, listened to Christian programming, but never fully, completely surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. That was the area that was lacking. Many of our prodigals, you can be a prodigal in church, I have mentioned this. And my son's mother is a believer. My son has read many large portions of scripture and has prayed. But he never accepted Christ, handing over, fully surrendering his life to Jesus Christ. And so, while sitting in his vehicle, I related the gospel to him, which he already knew. But at this point, it was hitting home with him. And I prayed for him, for his situation, and for the sorrow that was in his heart. For the problems that he was facing. And then I said to my son. You have never. Ever fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Have you son. You've read your Bible. And you've prayed. And you've listened to Christian music. But have you ever. Asked the Lord to take full control of your life. Confessing your sins. Admitting your need for a savior. And handing your life completely over to him. And my son said, no. I have to say I've never done that. This was several days ago. 
And my son and I prayed. And my son said the prayer of faith. And my son repented of his sins, admitted his need for a savior. And my son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and savior. A prodigal returned home. That's not to say things have been easy for him since. He is still struggling in the faith. And I have spent several hours with him since then, praying with him, reading scripture. And God willing, he will make his way to my home church this Sunday. I've made it very clear to him that it is God's will that he fellowship with other believers and gather strength. The word of God says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so it's my prayer that my son will show up in church this Sunday. I thank God that he has answered my prayer for my son. One down, one to go. And now I continue praying for my son's perseverance in the faith, that he be strengthened with all grace and peace and truth, and that he persevere in the faith. The enemy would love nothing more than to drag him back and tell him that he made a mistake or that, oh, it was just emotion. It was a nice thing to do at the moment. It's a lie from the enemy. I thank God that the Spirit of God touched my son's heart. And now his name is written in the book of life. And he will be raptured. And now I pray for my daughter's salvation. And commit her to the sovereignty of God's love. His timing. His power. And his delay. It's in God's hands. She is in God's hands. It happened to me. It can happen to you. Your prodigal will be on the road. Continue to pray and trust and fast. And your prodigal will be saved. It's time for us to approach the throne of grace. And lift up these names in prayer. Who we come before the Lord with. The first names we want to mention, there's a young lady by the name of Gabby. And Gabby has a mother named Mary Ellen and a father named Kevin. And several weeks ago, when my pastor, Pastor Albert Feliciano, was on the air with me co-hosting this podcast, Gabby's mother, Mary Ellen, called in and expressed her concern for her daughter explaining the situation and asking for prayer and following some godly counsel. We lifted up Gabby in prayer for her deliverance and salvation. We've been praying for her ever since, every day, between podcasts and during podcasts. And we're going to lift up Gabby in prayer right now, along with another young lady of the name of Angelica. Angelica is another young lady. Both these young ladies perhaps suffering from satanic attacks, low self-esteem, depression, guilt, maybe emotional issues. The enemy, again, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we're going to lift up both Gabby and Angelica in prayer before the throne of grace, asking the Lord for their deliverance claiming their deliverance, and praying for their salvation. Join me in prayer for Gabby and Angelica. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time when we can lift up these two young ladies, Gabby and Angelica. And Lord, we just pray for both of them at this point in time. The enemy wants to ruin and destroy their lives continuously. Nothing more he would love than to see them in a Christless eternity. But we lift up these two young ladies, Lord God. We pray, first of all, for their deliverance. We bind the strong man who's trying to destroy their lives. We pull down the strongholds of depression and guilt, low self-esteem, whatever it may be that's binding these two young ladies. We claim deliverance for both Gabby and Angelica, believing for their deliverance. 
believing for their salvation. Touch both their hearts, both their minds. Make them receptive to the gospel of its bitterness that they feel. Deliver them from this bitterness or anger, whatever it may be, Lord God. Deliver them. Free them from the enemy's camp. We plead the blood of Jesus over both Gabby and Angelica. Make both these young ladies the women of God. We know you can make them become. We rebuke the power of the enemy in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. And we believe that they are on the road to salvation. We trust in your sovereignty, Lord God. We trust in your method. You're all-powerful. We trust in your delay, Lord God. Your timing is perfect. We trust in your love. You love them both. You would never do anything to hurt them. And we trust in your method. You know what it will take to bring them to the foot of the cross. We commit both Gabby and Angelica into your hands. And we thank you for their deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to lift up several young people. You want to lift up two young men with the same name, Joshua. And these two young men are both battling the demonic stronghold of drug addiction. We want to lift up both Joshuas as they struggle against this. The enemy has both these young men in bondage. There is physical addiction, the body craving the narcotics, and then there's the mental emotional addiction. The enemy telling them that they need these drugs to cope. But let's lift up both these young men before the throne of grace and pray for their deliverance and salvation. Heavenly Father, we lift up both these young men, both named Joshua, Lord God, both in bondage to drug addiction. Father, deliver them physically. Heal their bodies. Their bodies may be craving physically for these drugs in their system. Will Lord work in their physical bodies, heal their bodies of the physical craving for these drugs. And the, the enemy may be telling them that they need drugs to cope with their emotions, a lie from the enemy. You can heal the mind, Lord God. We pray for both Joshua, that you heal them physically and you heal them mentally and emotionally. Deliver them from the dependency of this stronghold. We claim deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. We bind the strong man. We believe you for freedom. We believe you for their salvation. And we thank you for this, Lord God, in Jesus' name. They're on the road right now. The prayer is being answered as we speak. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to lift up another young lady by the name of Valentina. Valentina is the daughter of a dear brother and sister that attend our church, Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And Valentina is facing her own issues. The Lord knows the details. Let's lift up Valentina before the throne of grace. Lord God, you know all the details and everything is bare before you. We may not know all the details, but you do, Lord God. We must lift up Valentina to you. We lift her up for her salvation, her deliverance. The enemy, again, is also trying to ruin her life, destroy her soul, destroy her mind. We claim deliverance for Valentina right now. Continue to work in her life as we have heard that you are working. Work in her mind, work in her heart, work in her soul. Soften any bitter or any hardened heart to the gospel. Bring her to the throne of grace, Lord God. We trust you with Valentina's soul. We commit her into your hands for deliverance and salvation. Thank you, Lord God. We know it's going to happen. We trust you for when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. It wasn't that long ago when my dear brother Jamie Shock and his wife India had shared with me that their daughter, China, who was also in bondage, surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. Her and her friend, Alexa, both surrendered their lives to Christ. 
And the Lord is using them both in a mighty way. But there is no way the enemy is going to allow this to go unchecked or unchallenged. Challengers always go after champions, and China and Alexa are champions. The Lord has delivered them both. But now the challenger steps up and is going to try to lure them back into old ways. Maybe trying to make them backslide. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to lift up China and Alexa in prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift up China and Alexa. We thank you, Lord God, for their salvation. You brought it to pass, Lord God. You answered prayer, prayer and fasting, and trust and faith and confidence in you, Lord God. The strongholds were pulled down. The, the strong man was bound, and deliverance came. We thank you for China and Alexa's salvation. And now we pray for their continued perseverance in the faith, Heavenly Father. We pray that you continue to give them a hunger to read your word. Lord God, when they're having their devotions and they're reading your word, speak to their hearts. Give them a command to obey, a promise to claim, an example to follow. Minister to them, Lord God. Give them food for their soul as they read your word. Bless them in their prayer lives, so Lord God. Draw them close to you. Give them a close and intimate relationship with you. Protect them, Lord God, from the thief who comes to steal the sheep from the flock. Good shepherd, protect your sheep. China and Alexa are sheep in your flock. We just bind the strong man and rebuke the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus. We just believe for China and Alexa's continued perseverance in the faith. When discouragement sets in, cast it away. Replace it with encouragement. Let your Holy Spirit minister to Alexa and China right now, wherever they are. Distance is no problem for you, Lord. We claim deliverance. We claim edification and strength for them both. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to lift up a young man by the name of Edgar. Edgar is the adult son of another loving brother or sister who attends Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And Edgar was involved in a certain lifestyle that his young daughter was exposed to. There were several developments that took place. And Edgar is having a difficult time. There's nothing more that the enemy would love than to see Edgar get left behind when the rapture takes place or enter a Christless eternity. So let's lift up Edgar before the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, we pray for Edgar right now, this young man. And Father, we pray that you see what he's doing and who he's with and the activities he's engaged with. Lord, the enemy's trying to lure him away. And we pray, Lord God, that you continue to work in his life. You have been working in his life, according to what his parents had related to me. Continue to move. Continue to work. Like the song says, even when we don't see it, you're working. And their son may be in New York City or elsewhere, Lord God, but we trust and believe that you're working in Edgar's life. Deliver him from whatever he's in bondage to, an illicit lifestyle or drugs or alcohol or the love of money, the love of pleasure. Deliver him, Heavenly Father, and save him, Lord God. It may come through a co-worker, maybe a Christian song or a track. You choose the method that you know is best, Lord God, and you choose the timing. We trust you for Edgar's deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. And last but not least, I want to lift up my daughter. My son came to a saving knowledge of Christ, but now the work still needs to be done. Help me. Join with me as I pray for my daughter, Megan. Lord, I thank you so much for the deliverance and salvation of my son, Michael, that you brought him to the throne of grace, Lord God. And I pray that you just strengthen him with all power and might. I pray right now for my daughter, who is still out there, Lord God, like the prodigal. I pray for her deliverance from whatever she's in bondage to. You know the details, Heavenly Father. I pray that you deliver her. Touch her heart. Bitterness has set in against the church. Anger against you, Lord God. Cynicism 
being cynical against the truth of the gospel, believing a, believing a lie rather than believing a truth. I trust you with my daughter right now. I trust you with the method. It's a scary thing to commit someone into your hands, Lord God, telling you, do what it needs to be to, do what needs to be done, Lord God. But Lord, you're loving. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. You know the best time, the best method. You're all powerful and you're all loving. I trust you with my daughter's salvation and deliverance right now. I believe it's going to happen. I trust you, Lord. I love you. I believe in you. I trust you. And I thank you for her salvation, Lord God, which I know is coming. In Jesus' name, amen. We received a prayer request on our site right now. There's a young man by the name of Johnny. And there are no details with this prayer request. However, God knows all the details. And again, the Lord knows all things. So we're going to lift up Johnny before the throne of grace. For what needs to be done will be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the mercy of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this prayer request which came in, Lord God. We just lift up this young man, Johnny. We lay him before you on the altar right now. Father God, you see this young man. You see his heart, his soul, his mind. Deliver him from whatever he's in bondage to. The enemy, of course, is trying to destroy him. The enemy wants to see him get left behind and face the tribulation. The enemy wants to see him dead and enter a Christless eternity. But we lift up Johnny before you, Lord God. Have mercy on him. Open up his mind to the truth of the gospel. Open up his heart till he receives it. Bring someone his way who'll witness to him. And if there's somebody who's witnessing to him, help that person to continue to be salt and light to this young man. We rebuke the forces of darkness. We rebuke the enemy that has Johnny in bondage to whatever it may be, Lord God. You know what he's in bondage to. We claim freedom for Johnny. We Plead the blood of Jesus over his heart, his soul, his mind, his life, his eternity. Save this young man, Lord God. Do what needs to be done. We trust your love for him. We trust you. You're all powerful. Nothing is too hard for you. We commit him into your hands, Lord God. Thank you for Johnny's salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to the end of our weekly podcast, but before I go, I want to say a prayer for all of us who are parents of prodigals, whether they've come to Christ or whether they're still out there. Join me in the closing word of prayer for all of us who are parents of prodigals. Heavenly Father, we've shared your word. We've prayed for the prodigals, and now I lift up a prayer for all of us who are moms and dads or guardians of sons and daughters who are either backslidden or have never accepted you as Lord and Savior. Lord, our hearts may be anxious sometimes. We may worry about them. Calm our anxious hearts. Help us to trust in you completely. You know what you're doing. You love our prodigals. And Lord, no matter what our prodigals may be involved with, no matter where they may be, even if we don't know where they are, Give us the peace that passes all understanding. Like the devotional I was sharing several weeks back, your will is for us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, rejoice. The Lord is at hand. You are near by everything. Be anxious for nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we present these requests before you. And your peace will guard our hearts and minds. Guard our hearts and minds, Lord God, with your peace as we trust you with the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord God. Give us a strong sense of your presence. Give us strength and perseverance. Help us not to take for granted that you love them. Help us to continue to pray and fast for them, Lord God, and to be salt and light, living epistles that can be read by them. In Jesus' name, amen. The next time we'll be on the air will be next Thursday, March 23rd. 
I pray that this podcast was a blessing to you. And so until next week, Thursday, March 23rd at 7 p.m., as I always say at the closing of this podcast, watch and pray your prodigal. My prodigals were on the road. My son came home, and now I'm waiting for my daughter. Whether Jamie's daughter, China, and her friend Alexa were on the road, and now they've come home. Continue to pray, being watchful therein. Your prodigal is on the road. God bless you. Keep praying. Pull down the strongholds. And we will see you next week in the next Parents of Prodigals podcast. God bless you.